Welcome to the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Our hope is to help and inspire you to parent beyond your capacity. Each week, join us at the table for conversations with special guests, where we'll seek to encourage you to bring your best to parenting, challenge you, and hopefully give you a few insights along the way. Welcome to another Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Joining me at the table this week is Pastor Andrew Mills. Andrew, thanks for being with us again, offering your experience and wisdom, and thank you for, thank you for making the time to be with us. Yeah, glad to be here. So today we're talking about a topic um, that for a lot of parents is, is a difficult topic and a sensitive topic. Uh, it's about doubt. And when our kids express doubts and questions about their faith, how do we as parents respond? And um, I was saying to, to Andrew uh, just a few moments ago that as a youth pastor, I get asked a lot of questions. And this is probably one of the questions, one of the issues that uh, a lot of parents come to me and ask for kind of wisdom and advice. Uh, so I know it's a, it's a topic that a lot of you are thinking about, working through, trying to maybe avoid. And so, um, yeah, let's, let's just jump into it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we think about doubts um, and, and questions, um, what are some common doubts uh, and questions about the faith that that kids and teens would express? Yeah, I think there's lots of different ones. Yeah. Um, like Martin will probably share some as well, but I think there's sometimes doubts about the Bible, doubts about Jesus, if he's really there, doubts about yeah. science and faith. Uh, there's just a world uh, that is pretty full of some skepticism. Uh, and so I think our kids, then they face that, and our teens, yeah. they face that. And then they try to wonder, how do I you know, navigate the world with uh, all of this that's kind of happening within me. So when I think of doubts and questions, I typically categorize them in three boxes. The first one is intellectual, right? Uh, A child, a youth has questions about the faith that are intellectually based. Something that they're learning in in science class or reading just doesn't fit in with their kind of biblical mindset and worldview. The second one is, is relational, right? Uh, sometimes they have someone who uh, is close to them that uh, believes a certain thing, maybe attends church with them, but outside of church doesn't live uh, what they uh, believe. And so there's kind of a relational disconnect between what they mm-hmm. talk about and who they are. Um, sometimes there's a tra- traumatic kind of relational event in the world. Uh, someone gets sick. Uh, someone passes away, uh, and it just kind of upends their their worldview, and it just doesn't fit in this kind of nice, tight uh, box for them anymore. It, but it's more relational-based. And then the last one is uh, experiential-based, right? They don't see a fit between their values and the values uh, of the biblical worldview, right? They don't see or feel Jesus And to them, he's not real. Hmm. And so typically when I think of doubts and questions, they usually fit into one of these three boxes, intellectually based, relational based, experiential based. Mm -hmm. I think those are really wise, like categories to be thinking stuff through. Even for me, I uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I left the faith in high school uh, because I kind of had one of those relational events where my dad got diagnosed with cancer and it really just upended things for me. Yeah. And then um, it kind of led into the experiential things, but where's Jesus in the midst of this? And it, it didn't seem to be working out the way I thought it would that then led to intellectual doubts about like, well, maybe God isn't real and maybe, you know, how does God deal with suffering? And all this stuff can kind of um, get mished and mashed together, which is why I think those categories are really helpful for us to kind of at least give us ways to frame the doubts that, yeah. you know, people might be having that we're talking with. Yeah. And thinking as parents, what should our posture be to our kids when they express doubts about their faith? 
I think our posture should be like, we should be open to that. Like the number one rule I always just think for myself is like, don't freak out. Right. Like, just like, (laughs) like, don't be like, what? I can't believe you're like, I just think, I think we need to be open to it because really, um, doubts and questions are places for kids to actually engage with faith. That means they're actually wanting to wrestle with it, which is actually a good thing. So we shouldn't be shutting that stuff down and being like, you shouldn't ask that question. We should actually even, I think this is my own view. I don't think we should actually even just immediately answer. Right. Because the point isn't for us to spoon feed them faith. The point is actually for them to wrestle with it and for faith to become their own. Right. Like these are opportunities for us to really, I don't know, dig down with our kids and be like, yeah, let's look at this. Let's think this through. What do you think? You know, what are some of the answers you've thought of, you know, and then really work it with them. I think that's, I think that's the posture we should have. Yeah. And most parents, as they come to me, it's, it's fear-based, right? Mm -hmm. Oh no, my kids are asking questions. Oh no, my kids doubt this. Mm -hmm. And I say, no, 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 it's not something to be feared. It's something to be uh, applauded, right? Yeah. Like you said, that they're actually starting to think through and work through these issues. And that's where actually fourth faith formation starts Mm -hmm. is by asking questions, is by doubting what they once believed. And that's true for not only our kids, that's true for us as well. But there has to be those times and those moments where we process it ourselves personally and doubt things personally. And it's it's kind of a forging, yep. right? And I think when our kids are younger, faith is more of a forming, mm-hmm. right? That it's formed mm-hmm. in them. But as they grow older, it's a forging, yep. right? Like there's some fire there. There's yep. some things that are banging together. Yep. And and so as parents, again, we can we can silence that or we can push that away. And oftentimes, it's not the doubt that will. Mm-hmm. inevitably and ultimately kind of hurt their faith, but it's the, it's the silence. Yep. It's like, okay, we don't talk about this, yep. right? And so I would agree that it's it's about it's about embracing it, yep. digging deeper with them, yep. journeying with them 100%. Yeah. That, that, that's what our posture should be. Yeah. And there's maybe just one other thing that, that I think about that. You should realize that this is fantastic yeah. because the truth is, is they're going to wrestle and doubt. And if they're bringing it to you, like... You should be so grateful that honestly, they're not doing it on their own or just doing it in and through Google. Like they're actually raising it up with you, which means that they trust your voice. Like this is a really good opportunity. Like I know sometimes it can be scary and then we want to freak out and like shut things down. But really it means they want to actually process this with you, which is a pretty good thing if you can take that angle on it. Yeah. And as parents, I can, I can, I can appreciate and I can understand like you've, I've got a Bible college degree, Andrew, you've got multiple degrees. Like I know we've spent lots of time studying, knowing, right? And so, so I understand for, from a, a parent maybe who's not had some of those, uh, some of that training can feel maybe intimidated or can maybe feel yeah. frightful of that, but it's, it's really not something to be fearful of. Like w- Oftentimes our kids are coming to us not because they think we have the answers, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the pressure is, is kind of off. It like is. you don't have to know all the answers and, and that's, that's not expected no. of you. No, they really want, I think when they're doing that, what they're doing is opening up a space to have an exploration of that, yeah. of that conversation or that issue. Yeah. And I think that's great. You can say, I don't know, let's, let's learn this together. Let's look into this. I, you know, yeah. what are, what are the things you've thought about? What makes sense with this? What doesn't, yeah. right? And really trying to, I don't know, keep that conversation going. I think that's, yeah. that's what really matters. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, like what you said earlier, Andrew, I think is, is important for parents to hear the fact that they are coming to you with these questions and they're being verbal about these doubts 
is is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. A, because that tells you something about the relationship that they trust you, right? Because students and, and kids only go to people they trust, yep. not to the people that they're supposed to go to, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that they're opening up about these things with you uh, is, is is awesome. And so give yourself a pat on the back, mom and dad, for that. That's amazing. And, and the one thing that, that, that I'll typically pass on to parents is, is, hey, I would rather them dealing with these questions and with these issues when they're in their home, yes. when they're under your influence still, 100%. than a few years down the road when they're outside your influence, off at school somewhere, on their own, no community around them. And so this is actually a perfect time for them to be kind of wrestling with things. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So just sort of backing it up, what what sort of things, uh, what some, are some steps that we can take as parents to kind of build a strong faith in our kids? Like we know, we know doubt is going to come. That's part of the, the formation, forging of faith yeah. uh, in, in all of us. Um, so backing that up, what are some things that we can kind of actively do along the way uh, that will build strong faith in our kids? Uh, the first thing that kind of jumps out to me is actually correctly understanding the goal. Uh, of what you're trying to do. And for me, the goal, uh, I love that idea of forging. The goal isn't even so much strong faith in our popular way of understanding it. Um, it's actually resilient faith. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between the two. Like the the pyramids are strong, but if they get like like blown up, they're not coming back. But like a forest, if it, you know, if it goes through a, a damage, it can actually grow back. We want resilient. That's what resiliency is. So we want resilient faith. And I think for that, then we have to actually teach our kids to actually wrestle with things that it's okay to push past some easy answers and to really uh, look at issues as openly as they can. So I think um, asking questions is a really good thing. I think learning actually for kids um, to have actual experiences of faith. I think that really grounds people as well. So we have to move past um, even just the intellectual answers, but even kind of like you said, one of those categories of doubt is experiential. We have to actually help them uh, to experience Jesus in their actual daily like lives yeah. and through things that they're a part of. So I think about questions, I think about experiences, um, and then I also really do think about just spaces um, and stories. So I think what would be good is I've gone through real doubts in my life. Like, why do I not share that with my kids? Why do they not see that it's okay to doubt and yet still come out on the other end of it? I think we need to become uh, open and vulnerable, especially as our kids get older and older and older, because they're going to go through that same process. So have questions, have experiences, but then also share our own personal stories with them. I think those are good steps to building like a resilient and strong faith. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think we have this understanding sometimes that helping our kids through times of doubt and through questions that they're having means having all the answers, right? That if we can only answer these questions that they have, they'll make it through, right? And, and, and sometimes those don't equate, right? Like uh, helping them through and having a strong faith doesn't mean having all the answers. Mm-hmm. Having all the answers means we have no faith, yeah, right? Because if we have all the answers, that's we it. don't need faith. That's it. Right? And so I think it's being, and what you said there, it's being willing and okay with wrestling with still the unknown, mm-hmm. still the questions that we have, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's resiliency yep. in that, right? Yep. That, that it's okay that living in that kind of space of, of, of mystery yep. and wonder yeah. is actually a good thing. It is. And we should expect it too. Yeah. There's this really strange verse at the end of Matthew 28, where Jesus resurrects. And just before that famous verse of go into all the nations and make disciples, it says they worshiped him and some doubted. Yeah, that's my favorite like, verse of scripture. <laughs> like he just literally rose from the dead yeah. and you were seeing him and they're like, yeah, we love you, but we also aren't sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, that is, that's, that's just really part of the journey of faith, yeah. like both worship and doubt. And it was 
happening right there for people who literally are seeing a resurrected Jesus. Yeah. So I just think it's going to be part of their journey. Like it's going to be part of ours and we should embrace it. And so what, again, we're talking about doubt and faith. One of the things that uh, parents will come to me and, and ask uh, is about attending church. And uh, there's times when our kids are younger, uh, they'll say like, hey, even though they may not have wanted to come to church, I could still make them come, mm-hmm. right? I still have kind of that parental authority. Mm-hmm. But now that they're a little bit older, they're, they're saying, hey, I don't want to go to church. I don't like church. It's not really jiving with where I'm at. Uh, what do we do in those times? Like, do we, do we force them to go um, and kind of risk our relational leverage with them? Or do we kind of let them make the decision to engage when they're ready to engage? Um, how do you think a parent, what's some wisdom for a parent who's kind of in that moment of, okay, um, my teen is, or my, yeah, my teen is not wanting to go to church. What do I do? Yep. Yep. I think there's a few things. Um, the first thing I would probably see is again, this is an opportunity for a conversation, yeah. right? This isn't about us getting our way or, or their way. Cause the goal isn't that they have our faith. The goal is actually that they actually have their own, right? That is true and deep. So I'd push through and say like, why do you not want to go to church? Like, what is it about it? Yeah. Um, and I also probably push past some easy answers of like, yeah. well, it's boring. I'm like, no, no, no. Like yeah. just because something's boring doesn't mean it's not good. Like yeah. exercise isn't boring, isn't like amazing, but like, that's also good for you. So like, can you, you know, and really just trying to explain if they want the you know the autonomy to make those decisions, let's help them to think that stuff through and to dive deeper into it. So I think the first thing is I'd really talk it through about why and what's going on. And then the other thing I would say is too, uh, we had better than show that it's important in our lives, right? Like if we're not setting the example that church matters, I have no idea why our kids would ever want to go. Like if it's not like a priority for us, and that might be one of the things that we kind of need to own. Um, the other thing I would think through is I, uh, also, um, that forcing isn't a great idea. Mm. Like, I just don't generally know where people respond to forcing really great. <laughs> like, I just don't think that that actually brings about what we're ha- like, what yeah. we want. So we should think that through. Jesus actually has a unique kind of story where he says, um, don't throw pearls before swine. And his point there is like, don't give something to someone that isn't ready. Right. So don't force that because it'll actually turn out very poorly for others and for yourself. So I think that's part of it. Um, then the other thing I would think of is not actually asking questions and deepening and not kind of forcing and coercing. Mm-hmm. But then um, I like that idea of the widened circle. Yeah. So who else are they processing life with, yeah. right? To be thinking that through. Who else are you encouraging them to have those questions with? Yeah. And what other supports do they have? I think sometimes our fear is, is that we, if we don't have them in church, they will lose faith. So we're going to force that. Yeah. Rather than thinking about who's already you know, building into their faith, how can we continue yeah. to do that? Um, I think we hope that church will fix all the, all the issues yeah. uh, rather than saying, how can we be a part of that? And like, how can we engage with where they're at? Yeah. So those are some of the things I'd think through. Yeah. And it's not all about like church isn't a building. No. Like we can still have church outside of the church program and church times and church buildings, right? That it, it can happen over a conversation. It can happen over a meal. It can happen wherever. Mm-hmm. Like some of those things can, can actually happen. And I know um, uh, one other thing just regarding that too is, is okay, well, we can, you can make compromises. So maybe it's, maybe it's not Sunday service, right? But it, okay, well, let's, let's engage here then, right? Like mm-hmm. let's engage in our youth environment. Or maybe it's like, okay, well, I don't want to do this. Well, okay, well, what about engaging over here? Maybe mm-hmm. it's a different church that, 
maybe they have a friend who's already going to. Uh, and so it's trying to try to look at that and say, okay, okay, maybe you, you don't want to plug in here. Where else can you plug in? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I think that's really like, that's really, really wise to be thinking through. I think in that sense, what we should be doing, if our kids are showing any aptitude to be engaging, we should follow that, yeah. right? We shouldn't just say, well, this is my preferences. So I want to come at this service and this time and whatever else we should yeah. be like, where, where are you, where are they already being, uh, you know, a biblical way to put it would be led by God's spirit. Where is he already drawing them? We should seek for those moments and use discernment and then try to really engage in those places. Now, some, some great thoughts there. And so we're thinking of doubts and sometimes we think that uh, doubts and questions happen later. So maybe you're uh, a parent and you've got kids in the elementary phase and you're like, okay, I'm not really there yet. Uh, with with doubts uh, and questions that my kids my kids are pretty compliant they're kind of coming to church with me uh, they're going along with uh, what we're trying to do as far as as far as our faith goes um, there is a, a a study a few years back it's actually a Canadian uh, study faith study uh, called hemorrhaging faith and and one of the the massive reveals that came out of this study is that while teens move away from their faith in the last couple of years of high school typically and into post secondary education they actually disengage from their faith much earlier uh as as early as grades 5 and 6 um and so, Andrew, I just, I just wonder about uh, if you could speak to the importance of engaging with our kids in faith conversations, kind of no matter what phase they're in, that uh, let's not wait till they have doubts and questions. Let's understand that, hey, they may be disengaging earlier and just kind of playing it cool, right, until, until, until later in, in their uh, high school years. Mm-hmm. I think that... I think having those natural rhythms of connecting around faith and connecting around spiritual conversations matters. If the first conversation we're ever having about faith is when they say, like, I'm not sure if the Bible's true, that's probably not a great space yeah. to be beginning. I mean, sometimes we're in that space and that's, you know, we, we move forward from there. But I think at this, I think what we should be doing is how can we be proactively with that? So where are we actually inviting kids into spiritual conversations? Uh, are they seeing that? Are we talking about, hey, what did you learn like on Sunday, right? Or, or on, on Saturday, wherever they might be engaging. I ask my kids that pretty consistently. Um, actually, this is funny. I literally have a thing that goes off like an, uh, a reminder every Sunday afternoon to ask my kids about what did they learn about, just so I don't forget that. I want spiritual conversations to be a natural part of our lives. So I think starting that now and finding times to have that um, matter. I think the other thing too, um, I think kids want to see faith that's actually real. So we should be sharing with them about our faith, what God's saying to us. You know, why are we making decisions this way? Because, well, this is what God's saying to us. We learn this or to actually be sharing about our faith in everyday ways, I think really matters. If we're going to make sure that kids don't drift and if we're also going to make sure that they don't disengage as early as some of the studies are showing. And so it's one thing that as a family ministry that we're actually trying to help parents with uh, is helping them have those faith conversations. And so every month uh, we're putting out uh, what kids are learning in each of our environments. Uh, we're putting out uh, faith prompts, things to uh, questions and, and simple activities that are age appropriate that you can uh, kind of follow up with. Uh, with your kids or with your teens. And so that's something that each month uh, we put out, uh, something that you can do with your kids uh, it, at like drive time, when you're driving with them, when you're uh, downtime or mealtime or a bedtime, just simple things that you can uh, do with them along the way. And so you can access those through the uh, Bethany website. And again, each month, 
they're updated and they're relevant to what our kids are learning at each phase and in each of our environments. And so that's something that uh, as a family ministry team, uh, we've chosen to do to help guide and help you as parents. And so um, I know these are great resources that uh, that families can can use. And so finally, just want to, uh, Andrew, what would you say to a parent whose child has chosen to not embrace the faith, uh, who's, who's kind of walked away uh, from their faith? Yeah. The first thing I would just say is just to recognize that that can be a really, really hard thing for a parent to walk through. Yeah. Um, that can just be so incredibly hard. I think not only can it be hard because of how deeply you love your, your child, it can also um, come with it a sense of sometimes even shame, mm-hmm. right? That your uh, child isn't walking with Jesus or isn't having act, uh, faith as an active part of their life. Um, and so what I always want to remind people of is just, um, first of all, that it is hard. And um, and then the other thing I always constantly think about for that is that um, as much as we love our kids, uh, biblically, what we learn is that God loves them just as much, for, like even more, like his love for them is so deep. And I always just think about um, the story of the, the prodigal son, the story of the lost coin, the story of the lost sheep, that like God's love is relentless, that God's love is always pursuing, and that God is actually active in their life. And so um, I sometimes don't see them as, you know, leaving faith or not having active faith. I sometimes just pray that. Um, would uh, the faith that's there be activated? Would the faith there, that's there be uh, really seen? Would God's presence um, just become more and more real to them? Because God is a part of their life. But it's just, it is a really hard thing. Um, and there isn't easy, I don't think there's easy answers to it. Uh, that's again why I think like that widened circle matters, not only for our kids, but also for us. Do we have people that we're talking about that with, that can support us, that can care for us, and that we can really um, also pray alongside with us for our kids about how to best I don't know, navigate those, yeah. those complex yeah, situations. Yeah. And it's, I think too, it's about respecting some of the decisions that they've made. Yeah. And I know sometimes parents have a, have a difficult time with that and maybe push too hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and that actually, instead of helping the situation can kind of hinder that very much. so. And so uh, it's, it's a little bit about, yeah, respecting, um, respecting kind of the decisions they've made, uh, but being available to them yeah. and, um, yeah. Yeah. I heard a really good analogy that stuck with me that parenting is sometimes like, it's like the, a wall in the swimming pool mm-hmm. that sometimes the kids use it to push off, but they also need to know that that safety that is there that they can come back to. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard place to be as a parent, both where sometimes you do have that thing where they push off mm-hmm. and they're kind of gone and on their own. And, but I think our calling isn't, is to kind of be that safe space and continue praying and reaching out and loving and engaging mm-hmm. with them where they're at. Again, not forcing, but really trying to meet with them where they're yeah. at. Yeah. Is there any uh, any resources that you uh, say would be uh, good for a family, good for a parent uh, who's kind of finding themselves in a, in a, in a space of um, a maybe their kids are doubting, uh, or maybe b just want to really kind of invest in um, their child, not just kind of in, in a kind of physical way or emotional way, but just really in a in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best resources that we even have here at, at the church is the phase books. Mm-hmm. Those ones really help us understand the different phases that our kids can be in and how to really engage with them in that space. Because sometimes it can be kind of hard, uh, but these ones make a really good job of knowing in simple and clear ways uh, that we can actually be engaging with our kids' faith in different phases. Because it does change, right? Like in the beginning, you're really teaching and you're you're modeling. Um, But yeah, you can take them to church because there's not a lot of like discussion about that. But when they're 17, that stuff, you know, that phase is kind of different now. Now you're a coach. Now you're really trying to come alongside. Now you're trying to help them explore and understand and and I think those books are, are excellent books to kind of learn yeah. how to navigate faith in the different uh, phases that kids are at. 
And the the one neat thing about the phase books too is it kind of outlines each phase, but then also the kind of questions your child is asking in each of those phases. And we know for for kids, not all progress through these phase these phases similarly, but it gives kind of a foundation to know kind of what our kids are thinking, and it doesn't substitute asking good questions of them and being a student of our own kids, uh, but at least as a great starting point yeah. uh, in how to engage with them. Yeah. And sometimes that's what we need, yeah. you know, just a place to kind of begin, right? And that's a great spot to actually begin with us. Yeah, and I'm, 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 glad, uh, I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the phase books because we do have them available uh, across our environments at our parent hub uh, resource boards. And so uh, you can grab them from there and make them and, and use them and access them there. Um, and so... Again, Andrew, just want to thank you for joining me at the table today, sharing some of your wisdom, sharing your insights. And uh, if if you're having a faith question uh, or if your child is having a faith question and you don't have anyone to journey with you, uh, know that each one of us on staff and each one of us in the family life team are here for you and would love to chat with you and talk with you and just journey with you. And so uh, feel free on a Sunday or during the week uh, to connect with one of us and uh, and to pull us aside and chat with us. We really look forward to, to having those opportunities with you. And so uh, again, thanks for allowing us into your space. This has been another Parent Hub Live family podcast. Thank you for joining us around the table today. You can access more of our podcasts and show notes wherever you access your favorite podcasts or through the Bethany CC app. See you next week, everyone.